Welcome in to 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. As always, I am excited to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you here. Unfortunately, we do have to talk about some pretty wild, wacky, and mostly pretty terrible baseball. I mean, what, you know, in the world is going on out there, <laughs> right? Uh, so there's, look, there's a very complicated answer to the question, which is why the podcast isn't going to just be two and a half minutes today, but there's also a very simple answer to the question, so I figured we'd start with the simple one and go from there. And and of course, this isn't breaking news to anybody. If you've watched the games, if you've studied baseball throughout your life, heck, if you just generally have a baseline understanding of the sport, you could arrive at the conclusion, which is nonetheless true, <laughs> that it's bad pitching. We have seen, over the last several weeks now, incredibly bad pitching. And the two problems have compounded upon each other because the starters have been up and down at best, a lot more down than up. And we saw two more just absolutely junk outings over the last couple of days from Armand Marquez and Austin Gomber. And I'll, I'll get into the specifics of that in just a second. But then it compounds, right? Because every single one of the Rockies negative side guys, who are the guys you have to turn to when your starter has struggled, which again, has been more often than not, have all been pretty bad themselves. The Rockies do have three relievers right now who are pitching well one of whom is pitching extraordinarily well in Tyler Kinley. Daniel Bard has been very good. Alex Colome has been pretty good as of late. After that, it's a total dumpster fire right now. And so you're having a lot of these games where the Rockies are giving up double-digit runs because they're getting away early and late, right? The the problem keeps compounding upon itself. So, I broached this topic before with our men Marquez, and we need to dive even further into it. And I, I wrote about it on milehighsports.com, but this is, I guess, the equivalent of, of ratcheting up the conversation, right? Because the more I look around, the more I look into some of these numbers, and I'm not going to get deep into like baseball savant stuff today and, and, and all of that, because this is a podcast and listening to me spout a bunch of numbers, I have found, at least as a listener of podcasts, not very interesting or entertaining. It's hard to keep that information in your head anyway. It's better in written form. So what I will say is this. Just about every single member of the Rockies pitching staff, again, other than Tyler Kinley, and I'm talking every, not just the starters, I'm talking every single guy whose job it is to pitch, is having a down year. There are a handful of exceptions to the rule. Kinley, I mentioned, but the other two are really interesting as well, because the other two are, of course, Chad Cool, who's been the one standout. The guys had, I think, one outing that was, and it wasn't even terrible. It was like bad for what he's been doing. And every other time out, he's been at the very least a quality start, typically better than, right? And now, Ryan Feltner. And the two things, or the, the one thing I, I should say that those two people have in common, of course, is that they weren't on the big league roster last year. 
and they've only recently arrived to the Rockies' big league roster. In other words, they have very recently instruction from others and their own way of doing things before getting to the big league club. And you can see where I'm going with this right now. I have always heard from players and and baseball people and all that, that Daryl Scott, who had been the Rockies pitching coach in AAA for a long, long time, but got promoted when the Rockies did some shifting around in the pitching department. And I, again, I don't know the ins and outs and it's only a question. And to some extent, it's an unfair question to ask because nobody that's hearing me ask the question really is going to have enough information to be able to answer it because we don't know what the internal interactions are. We don't know to what extent the players are even heeding their coaches, to whatever extent they're listening to. You know, with Armen Marquez, there's a whole bunch of extra stuff going on too, where at times his velo is going away from him. He's totally missing spots, right? It's not just a game plan thing, but the long and short of it is, a little longer than short, I suppose, I, I do that sometimes, is that I don't believe that it is 100% coincidental that every single member of the Colorado Rockies pitching staff under this new coaching setup is having a down year, again, out of coincidence, just because, right? It's starting to feel more and more. And I mentioned about, you know, preparation and how bad they've been early in games, game planning, uh, scouting. There's more... There's more to what's going on than these guys suck. You know, and I, I know that a lot of Rockies fans out there are tempted to always want to run back to that conclusion. And I know very few probably listen to this show or or hang out, you know, with me on Twitter or whatever. But as easy as it is to just say team bad, lose big. The fact of the matter is this, is as much as I never predicted this team to make the postseason and as much as I think this is a bad stretch that can be recovered from and, and there's a lot going on here and, and I think it's just as likely that they fall completely out of contention and end up with a very disappointing 74-win season or, or whatever because of play like this, a couple of ill-timed injuries, but it's the pitching, man. It is, what's the old the old line? I always thought it was a little abrupt, but, but it's the pitching, stupid, right? That's the, the, it was the political thing was it's the economy, stupid, right? It's, it's the pitching. You cannot pitch like this, and these guys are not this bad. Those two things need to be made clear. Whatever, regardless, outside of what the Rockies' record ends up being for this year, any of any of this other stuff, there's a bigger question that needs to be solved before this organization can move forward, which is why are Austin Gomber, Kyle Freeland, Armen Marquez, and Antonio Senzatella, who've never been knocked around like this in their careers, maybe for a game, sure, you know, and, and Freeland had that that obviously that really tough stretch in 2019, but that was clearly isolated to him. It was about what was going on with him. He was the only guy in the rotation who was really and truly struggling. Then he was sent back to the minor leagues, got to work on some things, came back, was a new version of himself, and and did some stuff. Now, that's interesting, right? Because one of the guys he went back and and worked with to fix that was Daryl Scott. 
So I'm not of the belief that Daryl Scott is a bad pitching coach by any means. It may be that for whatever reason, he's better suited for AAA and that environment. There may be something about whatever he does that, and, and maybe it's not on him. Maybe maybe it has nothing to do with the coaching. Maybe it's another coach. May, I, again, there's almost no way it's a Bud Black thing because we've seen under his tutelage, I love it when I get to use that word, the 17 and 18 version of a lot of these same guys, you know, Freeland Marquez and Sensatella particularly, excel when they were younger and less experienced. And in the case of Sensatella in particular, had less quality stuff. Austin Gomber is just not as bad as his last two starts. The question is, why is this happening? Is it game plan? Is it really just random, terrible luck that they're all having their worst outings of the season now and they're going to even out and be better in the second half just because? You know, we saw a little bit of that with the bullpen last year. But... The team, and I know I've said this before, but it but it bears repeating because so much of the rest of this that is interesting to talk about and, and I love diving into is all kind of window dressing around the central thesis of this team, which rightfully so was built around starting pitching. You've got this rare class of starting pitchers who have a resume of success and success at Coors Field, which dramatically raises the floor for every game that you play. And even when they were bad in 2019, 2020, and 2021, their starting pitching typically did keep them in ballgames, and then they would lose because their offense and bullpen were so bad. But now, their offense is pretty solid. Defense is atrocious, and it remains atrocious, and I don't have an explanation for that either. That's the weirdest one of all of them. And it's kind of like I was saying about the pitchers and you can't really blame coaching here unless it really is like a mental preparation thing, but that doesn't even make sense because these defenders are better than this. These guys should not be throwing the ball around the way they are. Somebody asked me in my, uh, in my discord channel yesterday, Is this truly really bad defense or have we just been, you know, sort of spoiled as Rockies fans over the last decade or so? And it's both. It is a steep drop off because remember for 10 years there, it was like, you know, Nolan at third, Story at short or right before him, it was too low at short. Uh, DJ for a good long time there at second base. And then even after he left McMahon when he was playing second base, even last year, Brendan Rodgers was very good defensively at second. Uh, obviously, first base was kind of a nightmare there for a minute when Ian Desmond and Daniel Murphy were doing it. CJ Crone has been much better there, but even he's committed a couple of key errors. And And I've said this before, too. It's like every single one of these errors, it's not like, oh, shoot, you know, there were two outs and... And somebody just dropped a, a hard grounder right at him. And so now there's two outs and a, and a runner on first. And it's like, oh, okay, error. Yeah, error in the books. But the pitcher can just get an out. Or even if he gives up another base hit and there's run at the corners and then he gets an out. Right? The error doesn't harm you. But every single one of these things, it's always, you know, 
the the diving stop from McMahon the other day and then a throw and instead of them being out of the inning up a run and this is in the game they actually ended up winning you know two runs score and then I think a couple more scored after that and it's like come on man like uh, the, the errors that Crone has committed, I, I can think of two off at the top of my head that led directly to big innings. So even though he's been solid, uh, you know, the, the defense has been atrocious, which really compounds the issue when your pitching has been so bad. And it doesn't matter how good your offense is when you're doing stuff. Now, on one particular game, it, it did matter how good their offense was because the Rockies managed to come back, score three. 13 runs and walk it off on Brendan Rodgers' third home run of the game in the nightcap against Miami. And that stuff is really, you know, exciting and and dramatic and amazing. But the Rockies had absolutely no business giving up 12 runs in that game to the fish. And that, that, that was, again, that was the Marquez one where it was just brutal. And he continues to be with a 671 ERA on the season. So now we get back into that question. And I talked about this a little bit before, but with Ryan Feltner around and pitching well, Antonio Sensatella back, and while his first game back was really, really bad, he's been at least solid at times this year and and hasn't been bad every single time out the way Marquez has been. So you, you feel like, okay, Sensatella needs a chance to work back into it. Gomber, as bad as he's been the last two, it's, it's still just two games. You, you got to have a little longer leash than that. Freeland, I'll use the phrase again, up and down. But Feltner, I think everyone agrees at this point, we got to see more, right? So what what do you do? And I had mentioned before a, a phantom IL or a Dodger IL stent for Marquez. And look, it, as seedy as some of that stuff can be, nobody in the game is 100% healthy all the time. There's something that surely is bothering him and, you know, the guy needs a vacation. He needs a break. He needs to step away from the game for 10 days. Uh, and then he needs to go to AAA and throw a few rehab starts and get the feeling of success back into his toes because Armand Marquez is simply not himself right now. And the Rockies can't really go anywhere without him this year or or next, you know, or, or without a replacement for who he was. They need the production that Armen Marquez has been for the last three or four years to go anywhere. And right now they're they're not getting anything close to that. Right? So you know, if it was me, again, as long as everyone else is is 100% healthy, maybe there's something going on with Gombra I don't realize, and that's why the last two games have been bad, and maybe he's the guy that goes on the IL, right? now. And this is kind of weird, because at the beginning of the season, my big concern was, especially when it came to starting pitching depth, well, was the depth. Uh, you know, the, the starting pitching I thought was going to be solid. My big concern was what happens if somebody gets hurt? They need their top five to go the vast majority of the games. And now all of a sudden we're at a position here in early June where it makes the most sense in the world for the Rockies to consider benching or ILing or in other ways having step aside the guy who was their all-star last year in Herman Marquez in favor of the sixth guy on the depth chart who's actually been quite good and maybe carving out a spot for himself. And also it's interesting because Feltner would have been the eighth guy on the depth chart had Peter Lambert and Ryan Rollison began the year healthy. So 
as it turned out, at least so far this year, the Rockies pitching depth has been a little bit better than I thought, but the Rockies starting pitching has been far worse than I thought they were going to be, right? So you'd obviously take that the other way around. Uh, Super frustrating, but still, uh, yeah, I think that's the way you got to go. You got to do something. You've got to have Ryan Feltner make the start, and I believe it would be on Sunday is when he would schedule. It's still to be determined. You've got to have Feltner make that start. Whatever excuse you need to come up with, whatever reason, you desperately need quality starting pitching right now because you're just not getting it. And you're seeing in these games, even you know yesterday in the loss uh, against Atlanta, six runs scored, but they lose thirteen to six. It's not. It's, it was never even a close ball game because the starter just didn't have it, and the bullpen can't patch up right when the when the fire it's the it's the, the old phrase is you know they throw gasoline on the fire for a reason right they, they 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 can't even come in and contain the fire it's every time the minus side guys come in you know as much as it's yeah gomber gives up five runs in the first three innings and then it really starts to slip away in the fifth he gives up that grand slam so now it's nine run ball game but the rockies do get three back and you feel like, okay, well, maybe they just did it the other night against Miami. Maybe you get, and then immediately Robert Stevenson gives those three right back to Atlanta. Killer. Every time. Again, somebody in my Discord said the other day, it's like, it seems like right now no runs go unanswered for the Rockies. That's the other killer about the way the pitching has been lately and the way the bad defense has been lately. It's the timing of it. It's not just, you know, hey, the guy gave up five or six runs, but he managed to go five innings. It's he gave up five or six runs in the first two, right? So the team's down five, nothing before they really even feel like they've gotten a chance to get a few at bats in. Right. Or like I just mentioned, and this has happened a lot. They're down five, nothing. And then they hit a big three run home run. Now five, three game is, you know, it's a close ball game. It's may as well be two, nothing, you know, you got an opportunity here and they just give it right back. They'll they'll give up a run or two the next inning, and so and instead it's a three or four run ball game again. And you have no momentum. You feel like the fact that you just cut into their lead just totally gave it away. Been happening all year, so that just can't do anything. You you cannot win ball games that way. So as I said at the very beginning, the short answer was it's the pitching. The long answer is a lot more about. Fundamentals across the board, preparation, game plans, coaching. Because again, I don't believe that each individual is just failing on their own. And every single one of them is just failing to pitch to their resume. Like that to me suggests something systemic, even if I don't have the necessary information to know exactly what it is there appears to be something wrong with the approach. Not just, you know, what happens once the ball leaves the hand, but what's going on in all of the decision of what pitch to throw, where to throw it, when to throw it, against who. Are they pitching too much to what they think are the other team's weaknesses and not enough to their strengths or vice versa? All of that stuff, it's in the decision-making process where the Rockies are getting beat on the mound right now. And something about that has to change. 
Let me end with a couple of uh, plus sides. I, I mentioned briefly there the Brendan Rodgers game. That was super fun and cool and exciting. Very, very happy to see that happen for this young man. I spoke yesterday with Kyle Freeland and Ryan McMahon. Be on the lookout for that piece on milehighsports.com. And I spoke to them about not just, of course, the, the game and, and how hyped they were and the three home runs and the walk-off and everything. And as I said to Kyle in the interview, I said, you know, it's not like you need extra juice behind a three home run game that includes a walk-off, right? Like you're going to be hyped for your teammate if he does that no matter what, right? The, one of the closest things I could think of to compare it to was the Trevor Story game where he hit three home runs that essentially won a ball game. Now, he didn't hit a walk-off, but he hit three home runs, the first two of which tied the game, and the third of which put the Rockies up and was the final score. So it was a game winner, even though it wasn't a walk-off. But what Brendan did, holy crap, you guys. I That was, that was truly, truly special. And I honestly, and this is part of the reason why I approach this job the way I do. I want a lot of games every year, and I think it would be mental anguish to do it any other way. At least for me, it would. But two, I, I really do feel bad for anyone who can't step outside for a moment. The high probability that this will be a year where the Rockies once again fall well short of the postseason. And that a lot of the things that we thought were going to be good about this year, like all the stuff I just mentioned about the starting pitching, may not be. And recognize how truly special a moment like this is. Like I said, in a vacuum, it's amazing to have anybody at the major league hitting three home runs in a baseball game at the major league level is a remarkable achievement that a very short list of people have managed to accomplish. Most of them, when you look at it, big, pretty big time power hitters, though you're going to find a few, you know, by... By big league baseball terms, I, I was about to call them randos, a few randos throughout. They're not randos, they're major league baseball players, but you, you get it. When judging on a ridiculous curve, right? But what Brendan did after the month of April that he had is truly remarkable and something that ought to be celebrated on that individual level and yeah, you can be mad at the game itself that like the Rockies shouldn't, like I said earlier, they should not have given up 12 runs to the fish in that game. No way. Bunch of bad play that led to that even being necessary. Right. Including the fact that they were even down one because they should have had, they, they shouldn't even have been given up the California runner in the top of the 10th, but they did. So they're down one. And Brendan goes up having already hit two homers and and, and the they, they spotted him a runner. So you're thinking, well, <laughs> there's only one possible outcome here, right? Kid's about to go yard. But then you think that and you go, well, no, that it's never quite that clean and easy. It'd be a great story, but it's not going to. And then he did it. And then he actually freaking did it. And guy was the worst hitter in baseball in April. Fans wanted him down, benched, gone, triple-A, trade him, cut him. Some people in the media, the headlines. Did you read the headlines? In in the big papers, in the blogs, 
It got ugly out there. I mean, people wanted Brendan Rodgers gone. Not just sent down to AAA or, you know, benched for a couple of games. Gone. And I get it. Dude was batting a buck, under a buck. He was batting 083. Striking out three, four times a game. It was bad. As I said, I talked to him and I published this a, a couple of weeks ago. He, he said, that was the worst I have ever been in my career. The worst. At any time. And he said professional career, but I can't imagine he had a slump like that in high school either. You don't get to be the best high school player in the country going through a slump like that for a month. He's never experienced a month of baseball like that. And he could have beaten himself up. He could have turned it inward. He could have listened to the hype, the the opposite of hype, the anger. He could have read the headlines. He could have felt the, the pressure. Bud Black could have felt the pressure. I asked him a couple of times about Brendan and he made it clear that, you know, he wasn't, uh, that, that he had full faith in Brendan Rogers, but he, that he was a little bit frustrated, you know, by everyone kind of wanting big things from him right away. And how, you know, people often forget that part of it when we're demanding that the guy who's hot in AAA get called up. Because Brendan Rodgers annihilated AAA. And that's what I was trying to say. And, you know, I get that this is easy, though those of you who listen to the podcast know this isn't just hindsight. I was saying at the time, it doesn't help the team and it doesn't help the Brendan Rodgers <laughs> to send him to AAA to get more playing time for Alan Trejo, who's a nice player, but most likely an organizational guy. You've got to trust your scouts and your front office people and people all across baseball who recognize the talent in Brendan Rodgers and not, after a 14-game sample size, bail on the guy, wrecking his confidence, possibly setting him back for a long time. Maybe not necessarily, but best case scenario, you send him to AAA, he rakes, proving nothing because he knows he can rake there. And then you call him back up and he's got the same set of problems he's got to deal with now because hitting major league pitching on a day-to-day basis is just different. It's just a different animal. There is nobody in AAA who's going to prepare you for facing Clayton Kershaw or Jacob deGrom or Shane Bieber, or, you know, any of these guys, like Justin Verlander still apparently, right? They don't have that down there. Brendan needed to work through this whole thing, and the Rockies needed to let him, and you have got to give both parties credit for doing so, because it was near universal, I had stopped publicly defending him even. And defending is the wrong word. But when people would ask me questions, why is this guy still getting plate appearances? I, for the first you know couple of weeks when it was bad, I would say because you, you have to, because that's how you get him out of it. You don't, you don't get better at hitting by not hitting. You don't work out of a slump by sitting on the bench. It's not possible. So the Rockies kept putting him out there. Bud Black kept putting him out there, despite the fact he was getting questions from yahoos like me and much less endearing questions from other yahoos. And a lot of 
headlines that they had to read and all this other stuff, but they stuck by him. They believed he'd get through it. And he was maybe their best hitter in May and then did this in one of their first games in June. And he might, and in fact, I'll say this, I think he's going to be one of their best hitters for the rest of the season. And it would have done him absolutely no good to have gone down to AAA because he wouldn't have been able to do this. He would not have been able to get to this place. And now, interestingly enough, and again, I talked to both Freeland and McMahon about this. Rodgers stands as an interesting microcosm of what the Rockies need to do. Because when the calendar turned from April to May, I would say 95 plus percent of people who observed the Rockies closely believed that Rodgers should either be benched or sent to AAA, maybe traded or, but shouldn't be taking at bats, right? Should not be on the major league roster. Certainly not in the lineup. An overwhelming consensus. And I would say that that's probably true of where the Rockies pitching staff is at right now. And I'm right there with it. And like I was about to say there, I was, I was kind of getting there with Brendan, like, man, at some point, you do have to do something. But the something was internal adjustments, mental adjustments, approach adjustments, individual and personal adjustments, because baseball is a game of adjustments. So can this pitching staff adjust? Because they need to. And if they need a little bit of inspiration for how it's possible to go from being one of the worst in the league to being one of the best in the league, they should look at their second baseman who is walking, living, breathing proof that you can go from literally the very bottom of the leaderboards to a guy that nobody wants to pitch to right now. But they got to make all the right adjustments. It's a mental game out there. It's human game. It's human element, isn't it? That's the human element. But until they pitch better, they're going to keep losing. So sorry, <laughs> sorry about all that. Let's see what happens next. They got three more here against Atlanta. Of course, I'll be back to talk about the series and wrap it up at the end. They got Chad Cool going today. Opportunity for, you know, hopefully one of their few guys who's been going well to, to get on a little bit of momentum there. Freeland always a little bit better at Coors Field. Uh, he's due for an up on the up and downs. And then again, Sunday, we will see. It really, really, really ought to be Ryan Feltner. <laughs> But let's see what happens. Uh, all right, that's all I've got for you today. Uh, got a few other things that I'm going to talk about that are a little more tertiary, but I wanted to keep this one to on-the-field analysis. A few things going on uh, around the team that I did want to talk about a little bit for another podcast, like the City Connect jerseys, which I don't have a lot there. Don't get your hopes up for in-depth jersey conversation. Uh, but a few other things that have, have been going on I wanted to talk about. So look forward to those. And again, the series wrap-up over the weekend. Thank you so much for listening into this episode of 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you are checking out 
all of the other podcasts here on the network and all the written content over at milehighsports.com. Other than that, I can only ask that you continue to be absolutely awesome out there. You know that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.